What is up, everybody? It's Lo, your host, and we have almost everyone back for the Vols ATB crew. We've got Drew and Brando slash Vols Scoops over here. Uh, Alex wanted to be on tonight, but he's super busy, so he will be on next week. Um, obviously, this past weekend was super big on the recruiting end. Lots of recruits on campus. If you caught our show like a couple weeks back, we had Jack Luttrell on, 2023 Vols Commit. And he is back on tonight to kind of wrap up interviews and talk about recruiting this past weekend. So, Jack, tell everyone what's up. Yo, guys. <laughs> We're glad to have you back. Um, I am going to let Brando take a lead on this episode. He is super into recruiting, way more than I am. So he's going to kind of lead us off on this episode. So, Brando, go ahead. Yeah, basically, like what Lo touched on, um, it was like a super, super huge recruiting weekend for the guys and everything, like all football wise. Uh, had like a crazy amount of prospects on campus. You had wide receivers, Kyler Casper, Carnell Tate, uh, both top 20 receivers in the country. And then on the defensive side, you had guys like Rico Walker, Jeremiah Anglin, you know, just really, really big prospects, not to mention, you know, almost five star running back Trayon Webb. So, you know, Big, big time on Rocky Top. You got Nico committed and other guys' prospects just, you know, flowing in. So a huge, huge weekend. And I guess I'll let Jack kind of hop in and give his part since he's the main man in the operation. Jack, if you want to tell the people how the weekend went. Yeah, so uh, I'll kind of just walk through how the weekend went. I, I was able to drive up uh, Friday morning, hang out with my guys. Uh, I actually got to play for Team Toa. That weekend, which is Nico's seven-on-seven team, that's Nico's dad, and then Nico at quarterback with all all the Cali guys. Um, so that was that was one of the cool things. I got to hang out with them that Friday. Um, I got to go bowling with Coach Hype. He actually beat me. Uh, I, he's, he doesn't let me forget that. But um, so just Friday night alone, I got to hang out with Carnell and Kyler. Uh, so it's me, Nico. Carnell, Kyler, we're bowling, we're having fun, we're talking football. And then that next morning, so Saturday morning, we had three games starting at nine o'clock. Uh, we tweeted it out on our phones, me and Nico both did. We had amazing support from Tennessee fans. Like, I remember one game I looked into the stands and I was like, this is like a lot of orange. So not not like 102,000 type of lot, but um, it was still a lot of a lot of new faces, a lot of people I got to meet. Um, so that happened Saturday morning, and then we went three and zero. We beat everybody, and then we headed straight to the spring game. Uh, as soon as we got there, we checked in, put our put our bags up, all that, and then we kind of just hung out till the spring game started. And it was it was crazy because the spring game started and it was super cold, and we we had just came from playing seven on seven so we still had like our, our tank tops on like shorts all that and so the the staff at tennessee they did a really good job uh they put us all in jackets warm jackets blankets anything we needed they put us in and then it even started snowing which was crazy i don't remember the last time i saw snow um just because weather changes a lot in georgia uh, you might have it one year and then you you'll go four years without it um but i got to see snow snow was falling all while um 
the spring game was going on. So that was crazy. It felt like a, a movie kind of. Um, but it was good. I got to see the the players flying around, the players communicating with each other while the coaches telling them what to do, how to do it, what they did wrong and how to get better. And I'm just over on the sideline thinking like, I'm I'm so ready to be a part of this team, so ready to be coached by the coaches there. And uh, I mean, just the spring game alone was worth the drive up. <laughs> it was worth the drive up. It was worth the visit just because I got to see Tennessee football back in action, got a little sneak peek of what's to come this season. Um, and then later that day, I mean, we hung around campus, took pictures, uh, talked to, talk to more guys, talked to guys like CJ, um, talked to Kyler and Carnell the most probably just because they're really high up on our board. We're trying to get them just because we, we have a five-star quarterback now and our job is to surround him with the best people. Um, but still, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm a safety, I'm a defensive guy, so I'm still trying to get those defensive people um, we got a commit from Nathan Robinson. That was huge. It was right there when he told Coach Hype. I gave I gave uh, Nathan's mom a hug. It felt awesome. It, I kind of like saw myself. Like there was flashbacks of me telling Coach Hype, like I'm I'm ready to play for you. I want to I want to play at Tennessee. I want to be coached by you. And I mean my the hair on my like the hair on my arms was standing up. And it's always exciting when you get a commit like that. Um, but we, we went back to the house. Uh, we played that next Sunday. We went 3-0. and We won the championship. And that's all with Nico at quarterback. So it was, it, was a, it was a really good weekend. Got to talk to a lot of the recruits we had. Got to um, talk to all the coaches again. Got to take cool pictures. So it's always fun. But, um, I'd say overall it was a successful weekend. Man, man, that's just kind of probably brings joy to everyone, you know, listening, hearing that and where Tennessee at, is at, you know, having a big, you know, spring practice weekend, not public to the fans, but behind the scenes. Sounds like they did pretty dang well with you guys and bringing y'all in and showing you everything that it can be. I guess to uh, start off with like questions, I was going to hop into the seven on seven. I saw Caleb Webb. He's a Georgia native. He was talking about my first college game is my first snow game and it's my spring game. And you being from Georgia, like, you know, when you come up and you play a seven on seven and it's freaking snowing and you got fans out there who are, you know, waiting for autographs or coming up and, you know, doing rap battles, wink, wink to, you know, doing all that stuff. And you have those guys that are coming up to you and showing you that kind of love and wanting to rap for you and mentioning your name, you know, and you're just a commit, bro. How does that make you feel like going forward and making the right choice for Tennessee and seeing this kind of process being in Knoxville? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it was a couple of days ago when someone tweeted, like, let's not forget who the first commit was. And, like, they listed my name. They listed a little quote, I think. But, I mean, the only – I retweeted it. I quote I quote tweet, whatever it's called. And I just said I, – I said big trust because, I mean, that's what I've had since the day I committed. I was the first 2023 commit, and I believe since day one that – Coach Hype and the whole coaching staff at Tennessee is going to bring the best players in, do what's best for each one of those guys, and ultimately win championships. And, I mean, since since that day, a lot has changed. A lot of people have committed. But, um, like, that's that's the one thing I, I try to tell those guys that I, I, I tell them, like, 
because everybody asks, why, why Tennessee? Why did you commit to Tennessee? They, they ask Nico the same thing. And they don't understand. Like, we say we're playing seven-on-seven seven at this stadium, and there's 50-plus people who show up wanting a picture. There's people who you've never met a day in your life who come up to you talking about white lightning on the beat, like freestyling. And the fans is – it's crazy the support you have at Tennessee, and there's nothing better than playing a game, walking off, and having kids from eight years old to people who are past 50 years old asking for pictures, autographs, a handshake, any of that. And, I mean, it's just it's, – it's amazing every time I go up to Tennessee. It's great to hear because, yeah, I'm back. I saw the uh, the snaps and the stories and stuff of people sitting out, you know, during the spring game or during seven on seven and people taking pictures like Sports Illustrated or Ellie that was down there with you guys and covering it. And uh, I guess now, like, you know, everyone's like Tennessee, like, you know, why are they doing this? Why did, what did these guys see in Tennessee? Is it kind of like a, a prove me wrong thing? Because I saw the TikTok Lando made for y'all and it's like, oh, Tennessee sucks. Hypo camera crew eight and four. And then it's like, you know, Nico and showing everything we're doing. Is that kind of like a demeanor? Like y'all know what's on the table for y'all and like you're coming in and trying to prove everyone wrong? Or Yeah, I mean, my mindset personally has been like this for a while. First ranking came out, didn't get an offer till after sophomore year. I've kind of I've kind of just accepted the underdog mentality, the you're not good enough to win. And the only way to shut people up, the only way to get them to stop talking is to just flat out do it. And I mean, that's what, that's what we've been doing. We went from no 2023 commits to five or six now. And one of them is a five-star quarterback. So everybody who's saying Tennessee, Tennessee's trash, Tennessee, Coach Heupel, not a good recruiter, all that. I mean, we, we accept that. Like, you want to say that? go ahead shout it at us because we're going to just prove you prove you wrong and then keep getting more guys and that's kind of the mindset we have right now all right i guess before i let uh the other guy everyone else hop in and ask questions isn't it kind of crazy you know you got nico you got nate spillman now you got nathan you got aiden and then you got uh, you still got a five-star tied in and like a guy like ethan davis that you know you got carnell and Caspery right now on campus no one's talking about what it'd be like you got nico there what about ethan davis like that man's I feel like he's a guy that could also, he's like obviously come in, make an impact, and he's a freak of nature. I just feel like with those kind of receivers, then you got Big Ethan over there. This offense is like looking like it could be unstoppable. Oh yeah, I mean Ethan Davis is my guy. Like I'll t- I'll tell a quick story just to explain what what type of guy Ethan Davis is. Um, so I think it was about two weeks ago. I had just played out in Dallas and. Our tournament got pushed back. So my flight was supposed to leave at 2 p.m. And our tournament got pushed back where we we played a game at 2 p.m. And, I mean, my coach was like, we'll get you another flight. Like, there's always flights to Atlanta. And 2 p.m. comes. We're winning our games. We keep going. And soon enough, it was it was 9 p.m. And I had just put, like, I had just got on the plane. And... Now, like, I moved a month ago from the Atlanta area, three and a half hours down south. And first person I text, because 
Uber Ubers won't take you three and a half hours unless they charge you a thousand dollars, something like that. Um, so I'm I'm thinking I'm like, what what am I gonna do? I'm gonna miss school. I'm gonna miss football workouts. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to run. I'll have to condition all this. Um, so the first thing I do I text I text Ethan Davis and I was like, do you got anything tonight? Like late the night, I'll get in at eleven. Do you do you is there any possible way you could pick me up from the airport and drive me down to South Georgia? And he said, like, he said, I got you. And that's the that's the type of guy Ethan is. That's the type of guy I want to be for him. And then also the rest of the our commit family right now. Um and <laughs> moral of the story, like Ethan, Ethan is that guy. If anybody asked me if he's if he's good enough to play at Tennessee, I'd say he's good enough to go straight to the NFL. Like he's he's a freak of nature. He'll do it on the basketball court and he'll do it on the football field. And I think a lot of people forget about him and forget that we we already have that four star tight end that will be catching touchdowns from Nico. And everybody will be shouting his name in the Yeah, I just I kinda had to throw that in because you know, thinking about Kyler being here and then Carnell, you got a freaking guy that's probably gonna end up being a five star tight end, you know, a top one hundred prospect in the twenty twenty three class. And Ethan Davis, and I feel like that's just great to have in your kind of back pocket in this offense. Like, if your receivers are big time receivers, I feel like the glow will go to them. And then you got Ethan Davis. But if Drew or Lowe want to come in here and hop in and ask questions, feel free. Yeah, um, Jack, you've obviously been to Knoxville a couple times already, um, and everything. What is the one thing about this visit this past weekend that kind of like stood out for you that was different from your previous visits? Uh. A lot of people won't understand, but it was it was definitely the black jerseys. Right. There's something different about just being in a new like a new jersey a lot of people have not seen before. The football team had only wore one or two times and the coaching staff respects you enough, values you enough to put you in that position and put you in those jerseys. And I mean the pictures were amazing. Like the the photographers there, the photographers that came they did an amazing amazing job taking pictures um but i think the black jerseys and then we got to go we got to just walk downtown a couple times um just walking through knoxville people yelling like go Vols or wearing tennessee gear like you don't see that from where i'm from like there's not a lot of tennessee fans who just walk around the streets there's a lot of georgia bulldog fans and i tell them all Go Bulls, but um, uh, it's it's always like I think that was the biggest thing that stood out the recognition that you get, and then like that's all it's always nice to feel that. I just wanted to say <laughs> I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast we've had discussions about the black jerseys. There have been Twitter wars over the black jerseys. I've always said. The recruits love this shit. So sorry for my language, but honestly, like if you have been listening to this and you have had the opposite opinion, it's time to listen to what the recruits are talking about. We have one right here on this podcast. We love we love the black jerseys. I love it. I love it so much. Um, this might be a tricky question. I'm not sure, but I'll I'll throw it out there anyway. You know, it's very obvious to me, and I'm sure to anyone listening, just how truly committed you are. 
And with all of the new additions and transfer portals and NIL deals, it seems like commitments are a little bit shaky these days. How confident are you, and answer this however you want, but how confident are you and everyone that's committed in your class so far that they aren't going to, like, flip-flop last second? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, the guys that are committed right now, I have I have great relationships with them, and I, I care for their careers a lot just because of how much I've gotten to know them. So say say we had somebody – who, who committed to Tennessee and then realized I'm going to have a better opportunity to play. I'm going to have a better opportunity for my future. If I went somewhere else, like there's, there's still my guys. I know I, I definitely want them to be at Tennessee with me. Um, but their future, your future, like I can't be mad at someone who's chasing a, a, a better future. Not that Tennessee is not the best place to be for your future, but um, there's always, there's always other things that play into that. And I can't, I can't be mad at someone who does decommit or does chase other options. Beautiful answer. You did very well. I just had to, I had to throw that out there, but you handled it well. Um, I wanted to touch on another thing. You mentioned that it was really awesome at the spring game to get to watch the coaches in action. Did any coach surprise you or act or coach a different way than what you were expecting? Yeah, I mean, Coach Martinez, he's my, he's my coach. Like, I, I talked to him ever since the, the week I got the offer. Um, and through the phone, like on the social media, you'll think, oh, this guy is kind of an older guy, like he's a quiet, raspy voice. But I mean, it's a whole different story when you're out there on the field and you can hear the things he's saying because it's, I mean, you do one thing wrong and he's yelling from from the sideline trying to run on the field and make you do it the right way. Um, that, was, that was the most surprising thing. And I mean, that I, I love a coach who gets on me, makes sure I do the right thing. And then if I don't do the right thing, he'll, he'll slap my butt until I do. So that was, that was probably the most surprising thing, but also the thing I like most. Very cool. I love that. Go ahead, Brando. Yeah, I was basically going to uh, touch on, like, the black jerseys from first off. But, like, I guess like, I guess your first two visits, you know, you didn't really have the black jerseys. Then you kind of have these big prospects coming on. You have Nico getting the black jersey. He makes the move. Now you got a whole big picture. You got you, Carnell. Kyler and Nico all in the black jerseys together. Is that kind of like some kind of foreshadowing or how are you uh, feeling kind of with that kind of process with those guys? Do you think, you know, Tennessee has a good shot and what are you doing as, you know, being the recruiter now? How, what are you telling these guys to come to Tennessee? Yeah. I mean, just, just being in the room with those guys, the vibe, like the vibe was definitely there. We could definitely all be teammates and there was no doubt about it. Everybody felt it. Uh, Carnell's mom felt it. Kyler's dad felt it. Um, it it felt a lot like a family, except we were we were missing one of us. We were missing Ethan Davis on uh, in that black jersey, but he he had an AAU basketball tournament. He had to go to, but um, that the foreshadowing, I I can't say anything about those guys' recruitment or where where they stay because that's that's for them to publish all that. But I mean those. I can tell you those guys enjoyed their weekend. They definitely liked the coaches at Tennessee. And uh, both of them told me they're going to have to come back soon. 
And I guess, you know, without spoiling people's, you know, decisions or anything else, is there like any other names uh, that you kind of met on this week? And I know there was other guys like Rico Walker, Jeremiah Anglin, and you being a defensive guy, did you kind of get in that kind of ear? And he's like, hey, this is what I like about Tennessee. You know, the visits are nice, the pictures, everything. They come in here and they treat you like family, treat everyone like they're a top, a top prospect. Uh, were you kind of getting in their ears and letting them know Tennessee's a move? Yeah, uh, I mean, CJ Allen and Jeremiah were the guys that I got. I got their phone numbers. I got their Instagrams. I got their snaps. And I mean, I've talked to them since Friday night because we all went out and ate at Field House um, right, right on the strip right there. They they have the best food. Like if if they watch this and they want to give me some NIL deals with, where they give me some food, I love that. Um, but CJ Allen and Jeremiah, um, those two guys. I, I would definitely love to have them. Like, I talked to Jeremiah's parents. I talked to CJ a lot. I think his brother was there too. I got to talk to his brother. Um, but those, I mean, those are the, those two guys were the type of high character, like great football players that we we want to recruit more and we want to be a part of our family. Yeah. And I guess before I, I send it back to the other guys, uh, you know, it feels like even if you aren't a top prospect on Tennessee's board, like you're coming in here and you're enjoying everything. You're kind of like coming in here and seeing home like Jeremiah. He's a Florida guy, probably never been to Tennessee before. And he walks in and, you know, he falls in love with the place and just talking back and forth with them. I feel like a lot of these guys, they really don't know what Tennessee is. And then they come in and they're like, well, dang, this could be like a real possibility. Like this is one of the best schools and atmospheres in the country. Is that kind of like what they're going through is like they're getting on campus and they're seeing everything that's, right in front of them on the field and the opportunities and like, Hey, like I could really come here. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell people, I tell anybody who asked me, cause they're like, why Tennessee? Like you, you have other options. Is Tennessee really the best place. And I tell them, I was like growing up, I, I never watched Tennessee football. Like I heard Tennessee and I, I, I immediately, I thought of checkered overalls. Like that's the first thing I thought about, but I mean, Coming from somewhere like Florida or South Georgia, um, CJ is actually from Lamar, which is probably, I think it's like an hour north from me. Um, but those those type of places where someone says Tennessee and you don't really have something to be like, oh yeah, I know that place. Or yeah, I know those coaches. Like your first impression is always big. I, and I mean, Tennessee does a great job about that. Because as soon as you walk through the doors, you see the indoor, you see the the stage, you see the playstations, you see you see all these balloons. Like the first impression of a place and the first impression the coaches give you is always huge. And I mean, I I can say it for myself, and I can probably say it for them too. But Tennessee definitely gives the the best first impression out of any college. W W. Drew or Lil, you want to hop in and ask anything before we hop in the Q&A? Yeah. Um, you mentioned Fieldhouse, Jack. What's your favorite meal over there? I, I love some chicken tenders. I, I just had – I just finished my Zaxby's earlier. I love, I love some chicken tenders. And then uh, they have, like – I forget what it is. Um, it's like you dip it in – it's like a mozzarella stick type thing. But – Oh, it's, it's so good there. <laughs> Gotta try the meatball sub, man. Meatball sub. Oh, it's money. It's. Money. I'll, I'll have to do that. 
Have you ever have you tried their mac and cheese? Okay, uh, my my youngest sister, she's she's about to turn twelve, April twenty third. Um, all she eats, she, she's a huge soccer player. She plays for like the U.S. Uh, development team, all that. All she eats is mac and cheese. And first first time I brought her up, we go to Field House, and she's looking through the menu. She's like, I know exactly what I want. Like, so she she got the mac and cheese. I got I think I got some burger. Um, but I finished my food and their, their mac and cheese isn't a small serving either. So she had leftovers and I'm, I'm a growing boy. So I, I reach over and I take some of her mac and cheese, but it was, all of their food is amazing. I know. I totally agree. It's so funny you mentioned that because that's where Drew and I met for the first time for like five seconds. So it's like a thing. Great spot. Favorite spot. Maybe it's just a spot of good energy and we're just not realizing it, but I fucking I can hear the storms outside of my house and it is pouring. I just know that this is about to go south. Let's let's pray not, you know. I made it this far to the show. Let's hope we don't get any technical difficulties. But. It went really well so far. So I think I think we're gonna be okay this time. Never mind. So far. So far so good. Uh I guess on the way out, we have a couple of guys on the Instagram or in the YouTube chat that kind of had some fan questions for you, Jack, if you kind of wanted to hop in and answer those. Uh, let's see what I got. So we got one uh, from Josiah Sears 9 on Instagram, my boy Josiah. He wanted to know, what's your relationship like with Nico from, you know, recruiting him here and then now being the recruiter with him and, you know, you know knowing who your quarterback is, what's it been like just kind of growing up with that kind of friend? Yeah, so – Crazy, crazy story. Uh, first experience meeting Nico was actually when I picked him off. Um, we're, at, we're at a seven-on-seven seven tournament. We play his team. I think he tries to throw like a seam ball, and I pick it off. I run it straight back to him, do, do a little disrespectful toss, like keep your ball on your side of the court type thing. But um, that, was, that was the first experiment experience I had with him. And then, of course, like I follow him on Instagram. He's he's Hollywood, so he doesn't follow me back. And I so I I DM'd him. I was like, "Are you mad? Like you don't want to follow me back because I picked you off." Um, just trying to break the ice, all that. Um, but he followed me back later, and then we started talking about Tennessee. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm one of the only commits, and I mean we're looking for a guy to join me. Like we need we need a high level guy like." a big, big rank guy, high rank guy that will have other people follow him. And he was like, I know wherever I go, people will follow me. Like he has, he's a quarterback, so he'll have receivers who follow him. Um, but I was like, there's no better place to do that than at Tennessee. And I mean, just from Instagram DMs, uh, playing against each other. And then finally last weekend playing with each other, our relationship is kind of just built built a lot we facetime a lot it's crazy i'm in school i don't know i don't know if he just doesn't do his school work or uh, if he's homeschooled i don't i don't know his deal but he's always facetiming in school talking like have you seen this guy like he, he's ranked a four star do you think he's really that good let's get him at tennessee um so our relationship is there's there's a whole football side about it and a whole let's build a future at tennessee but then also we're we're teenage boys and we have we have fun together. We go out. We 
talk talk to a lot of people. We interact with fans together, and it's always fun to build those type of relationships. Yeah, I feel like that was one of the cool parts I realized with this weekend. It wasn't just like kind of recruiting. I feel like all of y'all as a family kind of got close. I saw the Instagram collab post of y'all just downtown kicking it, going oh, on the streets, having fun, man. Like, I feel like that's what it's all about, man. Because, you know, outside, they see you in the facility, they see your visit pictures, but they don't know you're outside on the strip, kicking it, cracking up about things they don't even know yet. So I feel like that was just kind of cool. Yes, what were you saying? I was saying another thing with, like, Nico – so Nico has Twitter clout, Instagram clout, but what he doesn't have a lot of yet is TikTok. And I mean, since I think it was maybe sixth grade, I've been on TikTok dancing, making funny videos. So I, I have I have a TikTok following and I don't know if he's jealous about that or he, he just wants to be more like cooler like me. But um, he, he loves making TikToks. I, I like making TikToks too. So that's that's one thing we do together, and uh, it's always fun. Yeah, it kind of does seem like he copied your whole flow. I feel like ever since he's committed, man, he's been in the PJs. He's been, you know, making those TikTok videos with the, the Out West music and stuff, just vibing out there. And I feel like, you know, maybe he does have a little a little jealousy on that side of the part, but <laughs> maybe you can show him a few dances, get get right. Get right. But uh, – I guess the next question, it kind of goes with that. You talked about picking off Nico. Navy guy in my Discord, he wanted to know, who's the best wide receiver you've covered, uh, whether it's an environment of high school or seven-on-seven? Seven, who's, like, the best guy you've kind of gone up against in one? Uh, I'd easily say Carnell Tate or Brandon Ennis. I could, I could really just say the whole SFE seven-on-seven seven team because they have – I don't know how they do it. I don't know what they do, but they, they always have, like, literally – the best seven on 17, like highest ranked players all get together and play for the same team. And I had the chance to play against them. And I mean, I, pl I played against Brandon Ennis, Carnell Tate. And one time I, I had to guard Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter. So, oh my God. Over, overall, that'd probably be like the best. But um, Carnell was definitely like the most fun to compete, just rep after rep, um, talking back and forth. Like he beats me, I beat him. It's always fun to play with someone like that. Nice, nice. Yeah, I feel like uh, going up against Carnell or someone like that, I just simply not even tried. Defeated. Uh, it's I, I, crazy, I, though. I would like to do that, but I don't, I don't think that would go over too soon. No, nah, it doesn't fit your style, honestly. But, you know, it's kind of weird, though, I guess, staying on that topic, like seven on seven. It's not just kids your age. Like, you're playing with guys maybe younger, older sometimes. Like, you're a senior now, so obviously not older, but. You got like 2024s, 2025s, trying to get their name out there. Like I remember uh, Winston Watkins, like he's a 2025 and that kid's filthy. And seeing how tall he is, like, is that kind of something that benefits y'all as like recruiters or college kids? Like, you know, the kids that are coming in after you from these camps that you can just kind of build that relationship and go forward with it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, th I can confidently say seven on seven is the best thing that has happened for any skill position player. Like you – from the swag of seven on seven to the skill of seven on seven, just playing. I mean, I didn't play at all until my sophomore season, and or after my freshman season. Then I played seven on seven, and then going into my sophomore year, I mean, you can you can watch the highlights and you can tell like it looks like a totally different type of player. And I mean, seven on seven has helped because I was a freshman playing against going to be seniors and just like 
just like you said, Winston, I mean, he's a he's a really young guy and he's playing against dudes like me and dudes like uh, Brandon Strozer and dudes like CJ. He's going against the best, like the best, and then he'll be the best. And then we'll, we're going to get all those guys and we're trying to get them all at Tennessee. And I mean, it's crazy to think how there's a whole brand new side of football that wasn't here five years ago or 10 years ago. Um, but it's definitely helped the speed of football and also the the connections and relationships with football. For sure, for sure. And that kind of goes with the, one of the questions I just got on Instagram. We talked about, you know, Lando, him making the TikToks and stuff like that. And uh, him being that kind of guy for y'all, if you ever like need graphics and stuff like that, how clutch is that? And uh, he wanted me to ask, is Lando made it that guy? Oh, Lando made it. Anybody, if you if you need a video, if you need a picture, if you need to edit, Lando made it. Is him. He is that guy. <laughs> I'm I'm talking about. We took pictures in the black jerseys, and within 30 minutes, I posted them on Instagram. Like you, yeah. you can't really do that with another type of photographer, but. Lando made it. He's him. Yeah, I saw that uh, you had the visit pictures and then you had the Instagram video, the whole recap. And that was like probably up by the end of the night on like Friday or Saturday. Like it wasn't even like a day after. Oh, yeah. Like uh, that man was pretty much on it. But I guess to hop in the last question, we kind of covered it earlier. Benjamin on Instagram, he wanted to know any dudes that you're kind of pushing for that the media hasn't mentioned yet. I know you mentioned guys like CJ Allen and Jeremiah Anglin, but. Is there kind of guys that you kind of have like from your seven on seven that are maybe going to be some late bloomers that guys just don't know about yet or Vols fans shouldn't know more about? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys um, that I play seven on seven with who are who are from Cali or from Texas. And I mean, there's a lot like I could just go through a list of all of them that are good enough to play at Tennessee. But the guys who are good enough and want to be at Tennessee because you you don't want to bring a kid into Tennessee and have him on the team that doesn't actually want to be there. But guys like Brandon, Brandon Strozer, he's a, he's a corner. He's wingspan longer than my car. Like that's, that's the type of guy that his, his Instagram is lacking. He needs, he needs it. I'm actually going to text him and tell him like, I'll help you on Instagram with that. Man. But, um, he doesn't have like a, a big following or anything, but he's a really like he he's definitely blown up. He got an Alabama offer, he got a Georgia offer, he got a Tennessee mm-hmm. offer, all within this year. And I say he's the biggest guy that is a late bloomer that Tennessee really like. We we really want Brandon to come. Um, we're planning one of my officials the weekend he goes, just so I can be with him, telling him like. Go ahead and commit. Like, go ahead and post that edit on Instagram. Come on. But um, Brandon, Brandon's the guy that we really want. Yeah. I've been seeing, like, you know, trying to do my part, seeing the guys, uh, him comment, like, little eyes or, like, thinking about it, stuff like that, or him or another guy like Zach Myers. I feel like those two as corners in that position, they're, they're like, super, super underrated guys that really no one knows about, especially Zach because he's, like, a 2024 turn 2023. But, you know, just getting these guys, I feel like get them some love. Guys like uh, Brandon Strozier, you know, that kid has a Clemson offer, Bama offer, like late bloomer, like you said. And if you can get a guy like that from Georgia in to hop in with you, like this defensive class, everyone talks about offense. Let's talk about defense, like C.J. Allen, 
Brandon Strozier, Rico, Caleb Perry. Like, if you can get a defensive class, just imagine what happens when you have that offense on the field, in my opinion. That's that's one thing that, I mean, I was just on the phone with Coach Hype. He was telling me how he's going to score 100 points in this game. And I told him, I said, well, you don't even have to score 100 if we just hold the – if our defense is valid and we hold them to zero, we set them out, all you got to do is score one time. And – and Nico's good enough to score one time if he's thrown it to Carnell or Kyler or Ethan Davis. So I think our main focus now, we just got Nathan. Our main focus going into this summer and uh, this this next season is focus on the defense after we get some other guys on offense. Nice, nice. And I guess to uh, kind of close it out, and if anyone else has questions, go ahead and feel free. But I guess – Without saying too much, because you can't, you know, kind of spoil anyone's recruitment. Do you think uh, these next few months, April and May, are going to be good for the 2023 class? And you expect Tennessee to get moving here soon? Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know our. Uh, do you know our rank in recruiting? Like our uh, after Nathan, it's uh, ninth in the nation and third in the SEC. Okay, so ninth in the nation, third in the SEC. I don't know who's above us, but I, I doubt they'll be able to compete within two months. Bombs. Jack <laughs> dropped recruiting bombs. Yes, sir. Huge, huge. I guess Drew Lowe, you got anything to close it out with? That is – I love hearing that. That makes me so excited. <laughs> um, let's see. Someone on Twitter, they asked, what impact or impacts are you trying to make on the fan base or the football team while you're here? I guess if you have a specific goal in mind or – something for when you arrive on campus yeah i mean talk bringing ethan davis back a little bit we we kind of started the uh tennessee is p like when gonna came out with all that we started this this is p like we, we would treat when a guy got an offer when a guy had a tennessee at it yeah this is p but um kind of just bringing that swag to tennessee like we we want to show up we want to get out of the car listening to like music blasting bringing that seven on seven swag to the university of tennessee that historically doesn't have like the that type of hype around them but um i mean i guess you could say we're gonna have like the hype train if you feel me exactly i love that jack have you ever seen that graphic the hype train graphic like have you ever seen the I, one I have, there? I think i actually have it saved I think every time you're about to drop a nug or a bomb like you just did on the show, you need to drop the hype train mute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just put it put it like behind me or something. Oh man, that'd be filthy. Every time you go to a crew or you want to message them in DMs, just send them the hype train. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Do you anything? anything else? No, I mean I don't really have anything else other than that. Like I'm hype. I think oh, yeah, I'm fucking. I'm ready to go through a brick wall. I think I say this every episode, but good lord, I'm like I'm fired up right now. I'm ready for football, man. Oh yeah. I think that we can say like I'm so hyped right now, and it's like a thing every single time. <laughs> it just cracks me up. Well, um, I Real quick, real quick. I was getting off this. Jack said that he hasn't watched a lot of Tennessee football. Have you watched enough in the past decade to like pick a favorite player? I mean, I, I can't. 
it, there there might be a little bias and all that, but Pey- Peyton Manning, like he he has a whole room at the in the field house, so you obviously got to go with like Peyton Manning. But um, I mean Trey Trey Flowers, the DB up there right now. Every time I go up, he's texting me like, "You want to come chill in the dorm? Like, you need some gloves? Come to the locker room." So just the right now, I'd say Trey's probably my favorite player um and christian charles like no nobody knows this but he's underrated man christian charles played with me when i was eight years old he played so he was 10 i was eight we played at chesty which is in north georgia nobody really knew knew who chesty was until christian was the first guy to go big and go to tennessee but um, we played youth football together. Our relationship has kind of just built over the years. So my two, I'd have to, I have to include two now. Uh, it'd be Chris and Trey. I love it. I, mine is obviously probably going to be Juwan Jennings or Dobbs because they gave me like the best season I was able to watch in my memories. Um, Juwan, though, his energy was such like underdog doesn't care run through the wall every single game and then he was underdog in the nfl and everyone was like making fun of his 40 time and then he's still killing it so yeah. I think overall i'm probably going to go with Jawan, but i just had to ask that to see if you had anyone i feel like pretty much everyone that's hopped in this class kind of has that dog mentality like obviously not like Jawan, but I feel like they're not recruiting anyone that's like not gonna go and be out there and be scared to make a play. Like you got Nico, Eden Davis, Jack, like and you're seeing their highlights, like they're confident in how they play. And I feel like that's huge. If you have a guy that's confident in their self and their ability on the field, like you know that you're that guy. And that's pretty pretty huge, especially in this conference. You're in the SEC playing the best of the best. So to see y'all guys kind of fired up, it kind of uh makes me fired up, you know, ready to run through a brick wall. And like Jack said, I can I can back that up about Trey. Trey Flowers, I play a lot of video games with him. And that guy, not only is he humble, but at the same time, like that guy's, you know, hungry at the same time. He's ready to go out there and get out there battling injuries. And I feel like, you know, him being an experienced guy could be a really deep guy that benefits these young guys coming in like Jack. So especially the safety position. So that kind of made me happy to hear, especially with him. But overall, I feel like this uh this interview probably went a lot better than the last one. I never got cut off the last time because – Man, Jack had no Wi-Fi box. Yeah, we, we got Wi-Fi this time. I was good. I, I put Do Not Disturb on on my phone, and I told everybody I'll call you when it's finished. <laughs> yeah, W, man. You, I guess, are you enjoying it out there? You enjoying the South Georgia? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's different for sure. Just, I mean, it feels like I'm already in the summer. Just the heat, the, the heat's still totally different. Um, but I'm enjoying it. The people down here are great. Our football team. Our goal is to win the state championship, nothing less. And, uh, I mean, it's great. Yes, sir, man. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. I guess we'll all be following you, obviously, every weekend. It feels like you're on Rocky Top every weekend, the most active recruit coming to and from Rocky Top. And, you know, you moved into South Georgia, but I feel like you've been on Rocky Top more lately. Every other weekend you're out there for an unofficial or an official. And I saw Nathan Robinson joking around with you saying – I'm trying to have a competition with Jack who can get the most visits to campus. So I told him, I told him, I mean, we were, we were in the indoor and I saw him 
like I saw him from probably 50 yards away and me and him made eye contact and I was like man come on like I was gonna take the lead with this one <laughs> and then he had to show up too but um I mean that that's kind of just the family we're building just with the commits already and then the family environment we'll be bringing uh, that's already established um I mean it, it's gonna be something special yeah a little friendly competition doesn't hurt especially on a visit but you know <laughs> I guess if you want to wrap it up there, if you want to, you know, stay with us and talk basketball with us, yeah, you're free or if you want to go, but obviously a lot better this time around. It was a pleasure having you on. I think if you're not hyped about Jack Luttrell and everything he's doing with Tennessee and what he's doing recruiting, you know, just being that guy and being a genuine person, then I think you're missing out. So, yeah, well, it was, it was good to be on. It's a school night and I got to go do my homework, but uh, <laughs> thank, thanks for everybody who asked questions and everybody who joined in. Uh, always good to talk to you guys. Always good to be back on this podcast. What's up, man? Have a good one, bro. Thank you, Jack. Take care. What a that king. Fun. God, he's so well-spoken. I'm just going to be honest, like, to the viewers, like, we had no plan of that. Like, he just came in there and straight up just killed it pretty much. Like, yeah. King. I was I was not expecting that to last uh, 45 42, minutes. Yeah, 40 fucking, yeah, <laughs> 43 minutes. I I do have to say though, uh, it kind of pained me a little bit when he was like, "When I think of when I first saw Tennessee, I didn't really think of anything." Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Talk so many times." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll go. I didn't really think of anything. Let's <laughs> just it's like, God, come on, man! <laughs> At least lie to us. Hey, I love the honesty though. Yeah, that, that's the thing though with these new kids. Like a lot of them, they really don't know who Tennessee is. And, like I've seen like a lot of these YouTube comments are like you know asking about Eric Berry or old Tennessee safeties. And to be honest with you, Jack probably doesn't know much about Eric Berry and you know his legacy at Tennessee mm -hmm. outside of videos that the UT staff like to show. Them. I know they show him like hype videos and stuff like that of what Tennessee was and what it can be again. But in his own you know space, like he's you know coming in with a mindset of, hey, it's something I can build and something I can rebuild. So, you know, just kids to come here and see that ability and know that they can make a playmaking ability, even if it does have like a legacy behind it. I feel like that's key, especially with these young guys. I agree. And I mean, you can't blame them. How are they going to know? It's been like 20 plus years, 20 years or more. I mean, I don't even know. I can't keep count. I can't blame them for not. Feels like 98. Yeah. You know. Eventually. <laughs> what was that? What? I heard someone. someone I'm talking my phone. I think my phone's blowing up in my group chat right now because Jack just fucking killed it. So. Oh yeah, yeah. He demolished it. I just I can't like express enough how we did not plan that at all. <laughs> oh yeah, we just vibed it out. Yeah, we had maybe like three questions yeah. and he just killed it. So. Yeah, that was impressive. I mean, that was like really impressive, actually. Highly. Yeah. Highly impressed for sure. Yeah, I always touch on it. I touched on it with Justin Williams, but like you know, to have the cockiness and you know the swagger, and then come on the pod for forty-five minutes and just talk straight up, honest, humble football. Like any better than that? So really happy with the kids we're bringing in. And I know Jack couldn't really hint at it, but I mean, the next month or two, like we have the potential to get dangerous around here. So just feel like uh, this Tennessee team. I know it's a year away for these kids to get on campus, but like these kids are. Top tier talent. It's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think he did a good enough job. Like he made me excited with, oh, him. yeah, like as best as he could, for sure. He answers the questions. 
Yeah, I guess to uh, like drive a football note that he couldn't. I feel like Tennessee's probably in a really, really good spot to maybe get like two or three more football commits by the end of April. And if you can do that, that's huge. Uh, I know one name he didn't mention was uh, Sylvester Smith. We mentioned him pre-show with him. He's a top 20 safety. I think he's committing uh, April 26th. Multiple Tennessee predictions really looking nice for him. And, you know, getting a four-star safety or just a four-star in general. I know everyone loves the four-stars here at Tennessee, but a four-star defensive guy, like if people aren't up in their boots about that when he commits, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you also got guys like Caleb. God damn. Yeah, it's, got, it's like a Caleb Herring and uh, other guys on defense. Like, We've all talked about offense, Kyler Casper, and guys like that. But I feel like this next two months, like, it might just be mostly defensive guys. And I don't have any problem with that because you have uh, Heupel, you got Nico now in the boat, and you got a returning quarterback. Like, I just feel like offensively, I couldn't be any more happy with this team. Like, who would, who would have said that two years ago before we had Josh Heupel? You know, all we wanted was an offensive-minded coach. And I know. That, we were having to that, that would have diabetes. I mean, so it's just. <laughs> It's humbling. Oh <laughs> you know, if two years ago, if we weren't one of the top offensive recruit, we were smoking something. Like, I remember t- last year, Ty Simpson, and now this year we got fucking Nico. So it's absolutely crazy what can happen in a year, especially with the, the way college football is changing. Uh, a lot of it's NIL, but our staff at the same time has just been killing it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, you just can't really get any more excited than I am about all of this, honestly. And I just – who wouldn't want to come here at this point after watching Heupel in one year? If you're an offensive-minded player of any kind, I would come here. But we got to have the defense, so we can't just leave them in the dust. That's why I like that you touched on them because you can't just lose sight of that. Yeah. So that, uh, the Nathan Robinson guy that recently committed, Jack mentioned, his stat line for last year, I know it's Tennessee 3A football and Greenbrier, and uh, Greenbrier is like not the best competition in football, but it's absolutely ridiculous what this kid did. So he finished his junior year of high school with 89 tackles, 26 for loss, and 23 sacks, which is the most of any player in the entire United States. Like he literally had the most sacks in high school football in the United States while also getting six forced fumbles. And I mean, stats, stat lines like that, you literally just can't teach it. Like, if you're getting that ability, you know, even if it's 3A football, like, you're finding a way to the quarterback. You're obviously outsized and, you know, destroying these kids. And in-state recruiting, like, three years ago, two years ago, I look back at the other classes. We didn't have a class the last three or four years with more than two in-state guys. And in this year's class, Hypo already has three locked down. So everyone always talked about in-state recruiting. You got Nathan Robinson, Aiden Bussell, and uh, you're just – keep on thriving. I mean, like if you can get in-state recruiting and then get top guys, you know, from California, like Nico or dipping down in Georgia and Florida, I feel like that's the perfect ratio because everyone talks about, Oh, we don't, you know, we don't value our state. Well, they're in there now. So. I mean, I think that like also as well, it's like, I know like he's a three-star commit, but when you consider the fact that like we beat out teams like Ole Miss who after Kiffin's second year made to the Sugar Bowl in Kentucky, who have, I mean, I hate to admit it because I hate their guts, but they've been one of the better, you know, programs in the SEC East in the last several years. And you're beating them out for a guy like him. I mean, I think that speaks a lot of volumes on how serious Apple is about recruiting within the state, but also on the progress that he's made within the program as well. Well, not only that, but you're they're recruiting the guys that they want for their system. And sometimes that's not the five-star 
with whatever attitude problem going on. Sometimes that's the three star with a hell of a lot of potential and size and the right attitude. No, I was just going to say, you're exactly right. Cause I remember like three months ago, uh, it wasn't sure if Nathan Robinson, you know, would be a take for Tennessee. And like you're saying, they're going out there and taking everyone they want right now. Nathan, him being a lifelong Vols fan, he always, you know, threw a VOL. And before he was even targeted by Tennessee, he wanted to be a Vol. And I think he realized that. And they said he gained like 30 pounds, a straight lean body. Like these kids are just, you know, pushing themselves to get involved and be a part of something. And when you put yourself to that kind of grind and you're still a high school student, that's a lot to put on your plate to get in the gym, stay in school and just be a normal kid, especially, you know, chase your dreams. So props to Nathan for, you know, changing his body and getting to the level he is because it's taken a while. Absolutely. That's highly impressive. I had no idea. That's really awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess we didn't really talk about the spring game. I, nothing really came out about the spring game. That's part so weird because there wasn't a spring game, but there was. So all the commits and their families got to see it. And I know we saw like the little clips or highlights of that one Joe Milton pass or uh, Jimmy Callaway making a crazy play. But other than that, it was kind of silent. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm leaning more of a good thing because was like the last time you had a Tennessee full spring practice that we didn't even have to cover anything. We've been recovering recruiting or, you know, guys hopping in. Like, Hypo's had this thing locked down, silent, and we're not kind of used to that at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, I like it, and I'm not going to lie. I've not ever attended a spring game. I probably should have. Um, You're not missing much. <laughs> not missing much. <laughs> probably not in recent years. But, uh you know, I think it was probably – it probably even elevated the experience more for the recruits, right? Because it made it kind of more private, more special. They're just there with their families. It's not televised. Like, um, they get to see more and just interact more. So maybe it was even better that it was done that way. I don't mind it at all, honestly. Yeah, I think it was – all in all, everything that came out of this weekend with the recruits or just in general was all positive. Uh I know a lot of praise was for Joe Milton. A lot of fans don't want to trust Joe Milton, but if you can, you know, get that guy on the, you know, in your back pocket as a decent backup quarterback, he did have those good flashes, you know, against Georgia. We try not to think about Pitt and Ole Miss, but you know, if you can just, you know, have that kind of guy, an experienced guy, you know, I feel like the quarterback room is kind of underrated because you got two experienced guys. Like most quarterback rooms, you got a five star if you're lucky, if you're lucky, and then you got those three star, four star guys you kind of have to build and trust on. So kind of have those quarterbacks and then you know he'll leave and Joe will be there next year just that mentorship I feel like is huge and key for this quarterback room so all in all I'm just kind of impressed with how how well they've done keeping it quiet keeping it simple but also being super super effective on football yeah I mean I would even say that this quarterback room is like honestly probably one of the most talented ones that we've had in quite a time when you think about it because you got you know you got hookers honestly an all-SEC quarterback you also got Joe Milton, who's the quarterback that started at two different programs in Power Five conferences, which not a lot of programs can actually say that. I mean, Raven Jackson, it's, you know, he's a freshman. He probably won't see a lot of playing time, but he's got a lot of great potential as well. And so it's weird. It's like for some reason this year, it's like even if I know if Hooker goes down for some reason, like I'm not like in instant panic mode, but like we're screwed, you know? It's like, all right, like hopefully – Joe Milton doesn't overthrow this by 55 yards, but you know, it's like, you know, that he has the potential to be a really, really good quarterback. So I, agree. I really agree with that. That's a great point, Drew, because I've always been in panic mode for the past 
few years. I mean, legitimate panic mode at quarterback mode. So JG rolling out there. Yeah, it's JG, man. I'm sorry, but it was awful. I mean, I couldn't. I had no confidence anytime the ball was thrown. I mean. I'm not, I guess I'm not trying to trash him. He's been gone for God knows how long. But, but like, it, wasn't- always, it always comes back to Pruitt or JG. I don't know why. But it wasn't just him. But like, you think about like Keller Chris. And then at one point, we were playing Will McBride like five years ago. Who, and JT like, Shroud. And JT Shroud. I mean, and JT Shroud, you know, probably the best one out of all of them. But, you know, like, there's such a long line list of quarterbacks. And, like, it's just, even now when you just think about it, it's like, all right, if Joe Milton gets out there, it's like, you know, it's he's going to be able to drive, you know, drive down the field. He might, you know, he might overthrow a couple guys. But, like, you know he's going to be able to move the ball. And, I mean, and even in that old Miss game, I mean, Grant, I don't remember much. But, like, yeah. I, what I do remember is from that last drive, he was able to go down the field and we nearly won it. So. I, well, that old Miss game was a really – wild weekend for me but i was standing in the end zone watching that god awful overthrow and then he ran out of bounds like two years yeah. over said his hands yeah and then he ran out of bounds so i was there i still remember all of that it's very painful but i do i will say i trust him a lot more and you know that they've worked with him since then i mean it can't be oh, the yeah. same player so at the end of the day I, I like where we're going and I like the quarterback room at this point no complaint yeah, sure. yeah I guess pretty much that all kind of covers it for football um, I know that everyone's asking in the comments of the YouTube comments I see them asking about Brew McCoy uh, pretty much with all the transfers at this point I don't expect them to do anything because most of them are either like grad transfers or we're past the period where uh, I think April, April, April 1st you can't go interconference and transfer to inner schools. So, like the guys that left Georgia just recently, like they can't go down to an SEC school. So, I think most of the guys will be entering soon. I think Tennessee is going to get more active as it does get late because I think like three or four four stars this morning when I was at the gym introduced this morning, and like rivals Mike and them were saying, "Oh, I expect this to get big." So, it might be portal season V two on Bruce McCoy though. I know he's about to graduate like USC. He probably doesn't want to do anything until after that, rightfully so. So. Probably around uh, two weeks or right when May starts, maybe expect him. That's probably the best transfer like we're in with. But I think if everyone's honest, like we're not talking about it now, but it will approach soon. We got to get some help on defense. Like we have to get some help on defense. Man. I'm not worried about wide receivers or our running backs, but when you got like, you know, missing a valuable edge or, you know, only have Aaron Beasley and Banks and Mitchell at linebacker or only got Flowers and Jalen McCullough and, uh, Burrell on defense, like those are experienced guys, but we saw what happened against Purdue and Ole Miss and other teams like that. And you definitely need the need the depth. So I expect Tennessee to get involved there. Hopefully, uh, I know they're still talking to the MTSU kid, but not really sure if he's a take. But other than that, football kind of seems like it's on its own little course and it's only going up. All right, I guess if y'all want to talk about the inevitable with the basketball program, what recently happened with that. I guess we can dive into it now. We're already at an hour, so we can make it quick. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, everyone knows Brandon Hunley Hatfield. He transferred out. We also lost Quentin, the kid from uh, IMG or Montverde Academy, the freshman on there, and then Victor Bailey Jr. leaving. So it seems like a lot of guys, besides Brandon Hunley Hatfield, obviously kind of got processed out. Brandon kind of wants to go do his uh, own thing. Kind of, I heard it's like a parent thing, wanting him like get better opportunities. So 
not really much you can do in this day and age. Like the portal gives, NIL gives, it takes, it happens. And I, all you can really do is kind of wish them the best. But I feel like I wouldn't panic on the Tennessee basketball side of things because I feel like if anything outside of Brandon, it's just Rick trying to reload at this point. I think he wants to go out there and win. And I think, uh, as a lot of people have also been saying, and I kind of agree with it, he doesn't have too much longer left, and he knows what it takes to win in this league and how close he got now. And I think he's kind of, like, pissed of how he's, like, going out early. And I think if you can get involved with guys like the Julian Phillips kid or the Tyreek Key guy from LSU or the uh, – recently there's one that entered from Kansas State today. I just know uh, they're not doing this for no reason. Tennessee has guys they've reached out to. They went on their roster – I think here soon you can probably expect some new names, but I just don't know what to expect going in the next season with four brand new people on your roster. Like, I think it'll be all right. And I know a lot of people were upset about Huntley Hatfield, you know, entering the portal, but I'll just, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't find it really that big of a loss, you know, and it's like, I know he has a lot of great potential, but when you're talking about when Euros and Jonas Adu, who, Honestly, like, for almost three weeks, wasn't even playing that good of basketball. Was getting more playing time than he is. Like, I think it just speaks volumes about it. And I've also always got the sense that he never really, like, fully committed into the culture that was here at UT. And, you know, I mean, not to mention, I mean, he's been to five different schools in the last six years. I mean, he played at three different high schools. So, like, he definitely – I won't say anything about him. I don't know if it's – whether if it's his surroundings, like, but – he just it wasn't it wasn't a good fit. I think he'll be a decent player, but I think we could honestly get far better off and a far better depth in you know the five position. And I honestly think Julian Phillips would be great. I <laughs> I let me say this. I think y'all are a little bit more positive than me. I'm kind of more in panic mode about Triple J and Viscovi leaving. Plus them transferring over anything else. If they both leave, then Kennedy Chandler's obviously gone. Yeah. And we've lost three to the transfer portal. Who the hell's going to be on the court? Yeah, I think the whole – the Triple J and Santee part of it, it's kind of sus because I feel like, in my personal opinion and, like, everyone else, you know, they've kind of been putting in it from the start. No one really expects those guys to leave. But seeing the videos today with, like, Euros and, uh, you know, Triple J and all of them kind of, like, carrying their luggage out, you know, kind of did get a bunch of guys and fans kind of worried about their future with the team. And to me, uh, that's kind of like the filling out the draft process because in the uh, NBA, you know, you can not have an agent. You can pull your name out whenever you want. It's kind of different after you sign an agent in the NFL. You can't just say, I'm not going. Or if you sign an agent, you just can't go back. So if they don't sign an agent and they just do the independent process and go through the panel, everything like that. They could easily come back to the team. I think that's what's best for both of them. I just don't see – I mean, Triple J, he had his flashes in the tournament. Muscovy, mm-hmm. he kind of went quiet in the tournament, which kind of the reason why we got our early round exit. But I just feel like with those two guys, there's no reason why you shouldn't want to come back. And until, you know, we have a really reason or I guess an official statement, I just feel like those guys are kind of doing what's best for them. But you have those, you know, three certain spots. And obviously what you said, like, Brandon Hunley, Hatfield, Kennedy Chandler, like those are two, maybe not Brandon, but easily Kennedy. That's a guy that's not going to be easy to replace. So definitely trying to find a guard play in that. And then, you know, maybe reaching out to Julian Phillips. That kid's recruitment is all over the place. Like NIL is going to be a big factor in that one. That kid's a five-star prospect who would be committed from LSU because of a coaching change. So 
it's going to take the balls a lot there, but I think honestly they could land him. So I think all you got to do is just rebuild. I guess you kind of see it with football. You saw it with Tennessee football, Tennessee basketball is kind of different, but if you can go out there and if you do get better prospects, then I don't see like anyone complaining by the time the season comes around. So, yeah, I mean, it's not as much of a massive rebuild as football is, for example, you know, I mean, like it, it sucks that we're not going to have Kennedy, but like, it's like what Brando said, like, the Scobie's just testing the waters as, I mean, honestly, I would recommend any of our players to just to see what they can do to improve, what aspects they need to do in order to like take that next level. And it's just from, I mean, just from that perspective alone, it just it doesn't make any sense for them to enter the drafts, like, you know, fully commit into the drafts when, you know, they don't, their stock is not even that high. I mean, I don't even think the Scobie or Triple J are predicted to even be drafted. So, I'm like, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, I definitely understand why people would be nervous about it. But, you know, I think if you can get a couple of guys in the portal, like that guard from LSU, I think there's a guard from Indiana State that's coming this weekend as well. You know, add some depth. And who knows? I mean, you, we got plenty of players on this team that could definitely take that next step, whether if it's Justin Powell or even Sakai taking another role as well. So I think it'll be all right. I mean, I think we'll still be a top 25 team next year. Yeah. I, I I don't know about Justin Powell. I'm sorry. I'm not sold. I'm not sold on him. I, I'm trying to be a dick. Not his Auburn. Like I know last year was rough, but like those are things like and like things like that. Those are things that can be worked on and can be improved on. I mean Yeah, I agree. I'll agree. There's there's definitely room for improvement. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too negative. I'm just a battered, like bruised person and I'm like, well, if Kennedy, Viscovi, and Triple J all for some reason left, yeah. and then you have Huntley Hatfield, he leaves, and then we're left with like Powell and Sakai and Euros. I don't know. I'm being worst case. I'm being worst case. I should. I, I get that, but like, look at how much Kamwa improved within the last year compared to a couple of years ago, and even Euros. I mean, Euros was a different player. I mean. Hell, I jokingly said that he was going to get a double-double, and he nearly did it twice. Yeah, he almost fucking did it twice. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, we just got to wait and see. No reason to be all terrified right now. I do agree, though. I mean, obviously, it's smart for those Viscovi and Triple J to go test out the waters. It's a lot easier to back out and, like, come back. So why not? I would do it, too, if I was them. Um I guess we'll just wait and see, but at least we have some shit to be excited about with that uh, football for once. So. Yeah. And hey, even though we did take the L last night, we still have the number one baseball team in the nation, uh, still undefeated in SEC play. You know, last night was an asterisk to that part of the game, and I'm still pissed off. I was fair, get furious. I didn't even, I, I closed Twitter, man. I texted the group chat, like, damn, this is all Alex's fault. I was, I was so mad. But, uh, Hey, that's yeah. why Alex isn't on tonight. Yeah, I think he's like taking some personal blame. He didn't want to get shadowed here, but <laughs> But you know, it has an asterisk to it. Big field, wooden bats. That, you know, you're playing, you know, a whole different kind of baseball, playing mm-hmm. a whole more conservative game compared to aluminum bats. And even if ours are as juice, we would still hit fingers, so I don't care. But I mean, like Tony B said, he kind of owned it. If even if we were using aluminum bats, we would have lost, you know, six to four or six to five, whatever, like it has had our number. It is bound to happen, but no one can say anything about SEC play. Still undefeated, not a team in sight. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, last year's team, they were so dominant. And then they had a crazy loss like this, too, to like some nobody. So maybe it's just a game, you know, get out of the get out of your little zone and come back next week. I think we got Bama this week, right? Yeah. In the series. So big series I mean, this week. It's a tough loss, but, you know, we only gave up. I mean, only allowed six hits, and we struck out 15 guys. I mean, like, it's just one of those games where, like, we just weren't playing smart when it comes with, like, you know, with batting and stuff like that. But, you know, shout out, dude, to freaking Vol fans for having over 8,000 people at that game last night. That was a motivation. And if this is any clear indication for Randy Boyd and Danny White, like, they got to add seats to Lindsey Nelson because – if they're willing to travel to freaking Kodak, I mean, my God, like, they could probably get 10,000 people in Knoxville easily. Easily. I mean, I will say, let me say this. I think I'm all about, like, being cocky and shit, but I felt like our team was get our baseball team was getting a little too cocky. And I've always, I like that saying, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Like, I hope that they won't they will actually take this loss seriously and be like all right like we got a little bit out of control i think the wooden bat thing was a little bit out of control like oh we'll beat the shit out of anyone um so i hope that like they learn their lesson from this um because i would i would love to see them make the world series and win the world series this year and i think they have every piece of the puzzle to do that but this might have happened at the perfect time so that they can kind of settle back in. I'll say this. The last time a national champion for baseball did not lose to a like didn't lose a non-conference game was 1948. And that was with Texas. So I think we're gonna be all right. I mean, like, you know, like there's those Tuesday midweek games are always the toughest games for any team out there, just because there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of different things going on. You're riding highs off of big time series wins or stuff like that. So just take care of business against Bam this weekend. And, you know, I mean, we got like literally, I think it's like a six and a half game lead in the SECs and a four game lead in the SEC. So we're more than like, we control, you know, our season and we don't have to rely on anyone else. So just take care of business and get the regular season conference championship, and let's roll. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like uh, anyone in the SEC at this point, even though it's so early. It doesn't feel like anyone's going to be able to catch up or really touch us as long as we, like, we stay on our feet, stay what we're doing, and do what we do. Uh, I'm not really, you know, too familiar with Bama baseball, but there's really no doubt in my mind that we should go out here, get the job done, and sweep them. Uh, is it here or is it at Bama? It's here. It's here. Okay, yeah. Either way, I was going to say, like, we haven't lost a road series since, what, 2019? Uh, Lindsey Nelson, coach, has been talking about making it nasty. And I feel like if you're a fan and uh, you took that loss last night personal, there's no reason why you shouldn't go to Knoxville, Lindsey Nelson, and fill up that 5,000 seats and get that place rowdy. Because if you're a Vols fan, you're a true Vols fan, no matter what sport it is, you hate Alabama. And uh, you should just be there. Be, le- be there, be loud, be rowdy. I'll be there. I'll be loud and rowdy. For sure, for sure. I'll be at Bristol. Uh, glass and uh, that Connor Smith, I hate Alabama song. I play it every single time. Oh, I play it every day. It's banger. Boots country playlist. I uh, blared every single day. Great. Fucking banger. <laughs> oh man, is that is that all we got, guys? I think so. We kind of just kind of had fun and killed it this week. I know. I've had this was a really good episode. I wonder if it's because Alex wasn't here. Fucking Miami Voodoo. Ah, uh, 
Um, uh, Larry, Larry Hildebrand has pointed out in my the YouTube chat that Bama is currently on a seven-game win streak. So I don't know if that's including conference play and out of conference or who they play out of conference. But they, uh, I'm pretty sure they swept Ole Miss on the road last weekend. Like they're a good team. Like, yeah. but the thing is, like with SEC baseball, like if you think SEC football is loaded, like literally, there's not a bad team in the conference. Like even Missouri, yeah. they're the worst team in the conference, and I mean, you know, they took a game from Arkansas. They nearly took two games from us. You know, yeah. like, they're not a bad baseball team at all. So, just comes with the territory of playing in the best conference in America. So, yeah, I, I mean, I see us eventually losing the series, but I don't think it's going to be this week. Uh, no one gives a fuck about Alabama. Everyone hates Alabama. And if we lose Alabama, I'll probably take it personal. But, uh, yeah, they, they swept on this. So, obviously, a good baseball team went all around. But, if anything, the Ole Miss have kind of been falling – falling down bad so ever since we played them. So I'm not going to really take anything to that. I feel like we should go in there, sweep them, just show them who we are. And if Lindsey Nelson isn't rowdy, then Coach should just have a right to chew out anyone. So. <laughs> I'll t- I'll let him chew me out any time. <laughs> oh, my God. Get rowdy, Will. Oh, my God. Um, I think, yeah, I think we win. I think we win. I think we sweep them. Get your fucking brooms ready. I'm going big. We're sweeping them back to the Tuscaloosa. I'm not going to say we sweep them, but we take two out of three easily. So. 100%. Yeah, at least two out of three. Uh, it's going to rain one of the days. So, yeah, I think maybe two out of three. I changed my mind. Okay. I'm taking 3-0, full sweep, send them back to fucking Tuscaloosaville. No one likes Alabama. And I think I even saw it today on my uh, on my feed. Everyone's already playing the Philip Former Locker video. No one gives a damn about the whole state of Alabama. So. Just already fired up. Hell yeah. I love it. Well, great show, guys. And fucking banger. Alex will be back next week. Sorry for resting him a couple times tonight. I don't know why. We love Alex. It just came to me. He'll be back. He's studying hard. So now we're. We we wouldn't go on Pruitt, so we decided to go on Alex. (laughs) It's fair. It's fair. Very reasonable. So. I hate when like I miss one and y'all are just like demolishing me for an hour. That's what it'll be. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Oh, I can take it. That's all right. Um, we're done. Be yeah, safe. I guess everyone. Yeah, everyone stay safe in the in the weather. It's over here kicking my ass already. So. Yeah. Like it's literally pouring as we speak. Full on lightning. Right. Yeah. Right. Have fun. Yeah, I can't wait for it tomorrow morning. <laughs> Fucking blast. Oh, Lord. All right, y'all. I'll take it easy. Peace out. Good night. Go balls. Go balls.